Welcome back to Sector One, the first stop we should make to your motorsport fix. Today we are back with another race review. We've just watched the Portugal Grand Prix. Thoughts, initial thoughts? I personally thought it was a bit dull in comparison yawn to fest. the first two races we yeah. have. Bit of a yawn fest. I had a coffee to make myself stay awake and I, had a Red I Bull, don't know so, if I don't yeah. know if that coffee was worth drinking. Um, <laughs> that first first lap was okay and then after the safety car, you know, we had about three decent overtakes and it was like, oh, it's um, it's like Abu Dhabi all over again. Sleep time. Yeah. But First don't you race worry. Set, they set the don't bar too high. Mm. Don't you worry. We've come out with the best talking points and we're going to talk you through that. But We first, actually have got some good talking points. We've got points. some good talking points. But yeah. first, it's time for the fan favourite, the pyramid. Yes. <laughs> Let's get pyramid this, I up. think this was quite hard to decide this week. Yeah, and we yeah. just all have very different differing opinions. Sector it was a little one, bit like pyramid. trying to pull blood from a stone or something. Is that the phrase? Yeah. I don't know. I think it yeah. is. Yeah. Bit of a yeah. struggle. Yeah, it really was. So bottom of the pyramid is the one driver who did not finish this week. So I think it's it's right for them to finish here. And it's our most most experienced driver on the grid, Kimmy. Yeah, Dragon. it's quite sad. However, very surprising this week. Yeah, his performance wasn't showing on the most experienced driver. It almost seemed like I'm a rookie. I'm the least experienced driver. Yeah, it was a rookie mistake, like a rookie, rookie mistake. Like I thought his front wing failed because I thought well, Kimmy mm. wouldn't do that. And then my dad yeah. was like, nope, he went into the back of someone. Was like, his teammate, his mm, teammate. Yeah. At least yeah. it wasn't a double DNF, I suppose, yeah. for the team. You know, we didn't, like, yeah. Joe and Axe didn't get a puncture, so... Let's draw the positives from it. <laughs> yeah, if, if there is any of this race. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was weird, because, like, there was no signs of any sort of obvious contact that you didn't see, like, another car going wide or whatever. So I was a bit confused. And yeah. I, you know, I thought the same thing, that it just, you know, failed or whatever. Um, but, yeah, just a rookie mistake that could have ended quite badly for the both of them. Really could have. Mm. Could have ended in a much worse crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with your teammate as well. And I feel mm. like the Alphas were kind of looking good this weekend. So I they feel like something mad. could have come of it. And he, like, first few laps just threw it away. Just seems exactly. like a really stupid error from Kimmy, to be honest. And, you know, I can see from, I know the commentators were talking about this, how the slipstream he was getting may have just surprised him because yeah. it, it was strong along the straight. And he was he, he was a flying fin. Um, yeah, he really was. So whether whether that's why he wasn't expecting the slipstream to be that strong, he wasn't expecting to pick up that much speed, but he just seemed to not have very good front wing spatial awareness. And front wing spatial awareness is something I feel very, very passionate about. And <laughs> so, come on, Kimmy, you can do better. You can do better. Much better. Right, who's next? Nikita... Right. <laughs> right. There's a lot of talking points on this that, like we said, we're probably going to make into another podcast because it's a big, big talking point. Not just Mazepin, obviously, but there's a lot of talking points with it. I think his performance was shocking this weekend. Yeah. Let's mm. be honest. He mm. did have two pit stops, which Devon was the only person who noticed it out was all. <laughs> I was just really confused as to why it was saying he was like almost a minute behind Mick and I was like okay that's a lot even for Mazepin and then it switched over to like the pit stops and I was like oh he's had two pit stops because we yeah. didn't, didn't show any of it I mean we don't normally see a lot of the hash yeah anyway so, but um yeah he just had like a another pit stop I don't know why I don't know 
what tires or if he maybe had a slow puncture or whatever but um yeah it was it was a weird, long way a weird one and Haas didn't even tweet about his second pit stop either which yeah. is what threw me off because I follow the social medias and just expect them to tweet it and then when I checked and he hadn't said anything I thought oh well it's a bit odd maybe peculiar no explanation for it that that we're aware of but you know Nikita came through and got five second time penalty because he ignored the blue flags blue flags five times Mm. um yeah he really closed the door on Sergio Perez he did he was wrong giving Perez the position because you know he was being lapped so it was really poor Mm. from Mazepin as a racing driver you should know that what yeah. means and how you're expected to respond to it as soon as you see it really you really need to respond to it as long as you can you need to do it straight away that's that's just the rules and regulations yeah definitely he ignored it i think he isn't the first driver that's ignored blue flags and he won't oh, be the last no. i think the commentators because it was him it's easy to but i think they made it seem like he's the only person that's ever ignored blue flags in the whole career i just thought you know in the, t- in the what, six years I've been watching F1, I've seen numerous people get penalties for ignoring blue flags. Yeah. I just think Crofty made a big thing out of it when, you know, it's, it, we know Vettel's got a lovely single out called Blue Flags. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has his oh, song I love out. That song. So, um, yeah, I think the whole, yeah, the whole situation, we have very strong opinions on the situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Normally we can say that, both of the Haas cars are doing badly because it's bad to handle and it's really hard. But Mick actually managed to cha- challenge somebody today, which makes yeah. Mazepin's performance look even worse because Mick was up there, I say up there, with another car that's not the other Haas. That's not lapping um, him either. So yeah, With Latifi, and he was actually having a good fight. So it makes mm-hmm. Mazepin's performance look even worse. And yeah, I think really on, the, yeah, on the blue flag thing, it, it, Mazepin hasn't seen... It's not like he hasn't seen the blue flag that much. Like probably the flag he sees the most in yeah. the last three races. He's, you're in the and house, it's not, so he knows. Yeah, that's basically the flag he sees like <laughs> multiple times a lap. So I think it is a bit odd for him to do that. But the other the other thing is he it wasn't like he was racing anybody and thought that he would be losing out so much to, you know, somebody in front by not getting out of the way or thinking that that's gonna massively compromise him. He yeah. was running his own race by the end of it well pretty much the whole way through really yeah. so and it was it was a very close call between him and Perez I think that could have been also easily contact um could have been he just completely turned on, on, him, on him yeah mm. yeah <laughs> yeah it was oh. a it's a weird one the blue are. bloody flags <sighs> you know we'll, we'll get a seven on it next time Daniel Ricciardo, you beautiful man, inside and out. Yes. I'm annoyed mm-hmm. that he's here. I personally would have put him higher up. But, you know, we were having a bit of an, an disagreement, shall we say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and personally, not showing any bias. I'm definitely not wearing a Daniel Ricciardo jumper right now. Um, <laughs> but I think Daniel had an amazing, an amazing mm-hmm. race. Insane. He started, he started P16. His quality was he did not make it out of Q3 he's not connecting with the car but he made it up I where did he actually finish was it P8 P9 P9. he had a double points finish from McLaren so I'm happy yeah Daniel Mm. made it up into the points from an awful position on the grid and so I think that says it all yeah I think 
yeah, amazing. Sid, you're going to hate me a bit. (laughs) I'm the one who disagrees because, only because there's cars ahead of him who, like, Philando Alonso overtook him and he's seemingly in the worst car. And I feel like I was a little bit disappointed in Daniel's weekend just because, like, I know he's still getting used to the car, but to be out-qualified by that much and, like, not get out of Q1 when Lando was P2, like, in Q1 is it yeah. is a bit Maris. more and I feel like I can't put my love for Daniel I have to put that out the window I'm when I'm thinking about what it's like because you know what the Alpine has been a better car all oh, yeah I was but thinking Karen that said to finish in the top 10 would have been good for them and look at them they're the on Al- the podium last last race yeah. weekend and mm. they managed to have a double point finish like that was better than what they were expecting because they Honestly. thought they'd be lucky to finish in the top 10 it was not their weekend this weekend the but track they still did yeah. incredibly. The track was not for it them. It didn't with those suit conditions. them. The Alpine was just obviously we'll speak a bit more about it later, but I think that was the top of the midfield this weekend personally. They should have been and on I, the podium, I think. Yeah. I think that if they'd, a few more laps maybe we might have saw it, you never know. And the Ferraris the were Alpine, fast there this weekend. They were fast, but they weren't like signs didn't get points, did they? That really shocked yeah, me. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird situation. That was just I think that was tires situation as well. Yeah. I compare it to their teammate and to be honest I think it's more that Lando's really outperforming the car and doing really well so that's yeah. probably why it looks like that. Lando just knows the car inside and out like that is basically his car he's been racing in that for the past two years and I think Daniel's just struggling to get connected with that he's not at one with yeah. the car yet. You know he's not at all. And he's been he's been killing himself about it like what why am I not doing good mate mate here we go (laughs) I can't can't do it mate (laughs) um but I'm hoping he'll be at one soon and I'm hoping we can he will be up on the pyramid guys we can (laughs) don't worry stressing me out when he gets his podium he'll be right at the top don't you I like that I like (laughs) that you didn't say if he gets you said when we've got to believe that <laughs> no, I bet he will get. He will get it this. He will get it this year. He will. Yeah. He's got twenty races. He's got to get in at least one, and yeah. we can hope it's the Australian. That's what I'm hoping. <gasps> oh just, my just, god! Just picture that. You're just, getting just, me excited. Just here. <laughs> yes. getting me excited. <laughs> okay, but moving on. Moving on. Alonso. Who who wants to take Alonso? I don't feel like talking about this guy. <laughs> I'll talk about Alonso. <laughs> Go for it. I, I'm really not a big fan of Alonso. I think we all know that. I'm not his biggest fan. I don't think he should be in the sport anymore. But his drive today, them overtakes, he was he was pulling out the bag, just proved why he's back in the sport. Like I said, I really, I just don't think he should be here. You know, maybe Guan Yu Zhou should have the seat. Someone else should have the seat over him. Christian Lungard. Christian Lungard, 100%. <laughs> but I just think, I don't know. I just think, I can't describe his drive. Like, He's proven why Alpine wanted him back and why Alpine wanted he someone like him it. in the car. Like I thought, you know, obviously he had his crash, like his bike, whatever happened and broken jaw and everything. I genuinely thought he was going to come back, you know, P19, really shit. Like, oh, sh- oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, <laughs> don't worry. We, we, we'll, we'll edit that little bit out of me jumping out. <laughs> <laughs> I was really shocking. And... <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna I'm just gonna carry on now. Um I've lost my train of thought. He was just I thought it was gonna, I thought it was gonna be really poor. I didn't think he was gonna be good. And he's 
he's you know how old is he 41 40 i think so 40, he's, 41 like he's similar age to kimmy mm-hmm. and he's i think he, i think he outperformed the car personally yeah just i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it out there he outperformed the car like i'm, I'm putting put, put it out there it was alonso's best result since singapore 2018 obviously you need oh, to remember that he was out for a year in 2020 so it's his best that race is amazing (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was his best result so we can be happy for fernando go fernando Mm -hmm. and next week we are at his home grand prix so are we going to see another performance like this i bet his fans are hoping that was really cross but yeah (laughs) so as i've said multiple times when we were making the pyramid for this week we were having a lot of disagreement because I wanted Daniel Ricciardo P2, Devon and Maris wanted Fernando P2. I was like, nah, not happening. Not on my watch. And so, you know, me and Lily, I, I, I'm sure the others do, but me and Lily really appreciate a good Red Bull pit stop. You know, if it's over two seconds, I don't want to know about it. 1.9 seconds. 1.9 1. 1. 1. 9 9 seconds. 9 <laughs> seconds. Can we just 1.9? We That's did it. A- Sub two seconds. I just... I hope this is really random, but I was sat in an exam and I was looking at the clock and it got one. I was just looking at the clock to see how long like 1.9 was. You know, it goes like that. It's crazy. It's yeah. Four, four tires off the car and four yeah. tires and back, back on. on. And that's handling like that. That's handling eight tires and a full Formula One car. Crazy yeah, Red Bull pit crew. Insane. You were second on our yeah. on our pyramid. It's not even like I feel like whenever they do the go. pit stops. Sorry, whenever they do the pit stops, it's not like they needed to do that one. They just It's like they just do it for fun now. They're like, guys, we can just do it this fast. They weren't under that much pressure. They had a gap to watch us when they did that. They were like, there you go, guys, just for fun. We'll just pop in a fast one. It's not even, like you said, it's not even, Joe. some teams, like Williams sometimes pull out a really good pit stop, but it's not, you know, they don't always do it. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Red Bull are consistent. Like Red Bull keep them sub two second pit stops going. Yeah. Beautiful. I feel like that kind of the fact that we've got a, a pit crew and in P2 kind of shows how difficult we were finding to find some highlights in this race. <laughs> yeah. It was it says just a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> we oh. didn't really, there was never the driver that we really thought stood out enough to be P2. And, you know, we could not mention the pit crew. They're just, they're the best in the business and you know it's not you know as Lily said it's not like they're only pulling out when they need to they can just pull it off off the bat just as a regular pit stop when we're still seeing I think McLaren had a pretty shocking day for pit stops um mm-hmm. just some very yeah. kind of uncharacteristically slow pit well, stops. Well Daniel didn't stop in his um in the, like on the, the right yeah. mark so yeah. that caused caused a little bit of an issue but yeah, I think Red even Lando's was a little bit longer than a kind of standard. So yeah, yeah. give it up for for the Rebel pit crew because they. And are. I think it's also no, very very good to put like a pit crew in here because people forget that it's not about not just about the drivers in Formula One. There's a huge team behind them at mm-hmm, the racetrack. There's a huge team behind them at their factories. Yeah, like without these guys, the drivers wouldn't be able to do what they do. I think when you see like a 2.2 second pit so far like a 2.5 I sit on myself and I'm like trash as if I could yeah, even pick up one of the slow. titles but you know when you see a pit like you just think well that's just too slow it's just mad how 
how far like 1.9 seconds that that crazy they just they deserve to be top of the pyramid just gonna say yeah oh top of the pyramid yeah they deserve (laughs) oh oh, okay lily (laughs) on to top of the story actually before we move on sorry um a couple of years ago i went to a girls on track um it was like a karting challenge and the i think it was renault formula one team was there at the time and i got to change a formula one tire and like use the wheel gun and stuff which was pretty cool and like just the sheer power of this gun and to like get mm-hmm. it on and like targeted accurately I just found the most kind of difficult thing because I'm just not very coordinated but yeah it was it was kind of mad and to see that and just doing it and then seeing it them doing it that fast I don't think that sentence made any sense at all um <laughs> it was just <laughs> yeah it's impressive it's definitely impressive definitely Maris I'm gonna let you take this top spot <laughs> I love whenever we have Hamilton, you're like, Marys, you do Maris, it. Marys, take you know it. Yeah. I'm really, like, happy about it. Um, Obviously not the result some people wanted, but I'm a happy little Marys, so I'm fine. Um, <laughs> happy little Marys, I like, love that. <laughs> um, so he, obviously, Max overtook him. I just want to appreciate Max's restart for, like, a second. It was beautiful. Because his restart Amazing. was so good, and he anticipated it so well. was a little bit sad. But, so... <laughs> after that he made a mistake I think it was like turn 14 and Lewis took advantage of that to get past Max and then he closed up to Valtteri really quickly and mm-hmm. got past him and from there he just controlled the race mm-hmm. and after Verstappen got past Bottas I was like okay it's definitely going to be Hamilton versus Verstappen now yeah. because because Bottas was in pole yesterday and I thought maybe he's got a chance he's trying to show that he's still doing well and I was like no today proves it's still both of them and the fact that Hamilton still maintained that gap after the after Verstappen pitted is really impressive as well so it really is I think what's amazing about Lewis is that he's very good at reacting to other people's mistakes you know some people may miss that miss the opportunity when it's there because they're just not ready like on the ball like he is but every time because Bottas made a mistake that's what got him the lead in the race Verstappen made a mistake that's what got him up there so that he could overtake Bottas like without those mistakes it would have taken longer for him to do it I'm sure he still would have been able to do it but because he's so on the ball he manages to just get there and it's it's really incredible to see hats off to Angela I'm sure Angela does a lot for this (laughs) but you know credit where credit is due Lewis is doing amazing this season as per usual we got the um we got the classic line today as well. It wasn't quite Bono, my tyres are gone. But it was, no, yeah, no, it was no. like, my tyres are shot or something. We'll, yeah. we'll delve into this. We were so close. <laughs> yeah. I think also he's, it's not just him recognising or like picking up on people's mistakes. It's him committing to doing something about it. Like, I'm sure there's other drivers on the grid that think, oh, he's gone a bit wide there, but oh, maybe I can't, you know, not quite enough for me to, to make a move. But Hamilton sees seems to see the smallest of mistake or the tiniest opportunity and just goes for it. And I think him in the car that shows his confidence in the car and the confidence in his own abilities to take that tiny little mistake and turn it into a race win at the end of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. He did amazing. So that is our pyramid. <laughs> so as we were talking about a little bit when we were discussing Lewis Hamilton in the pyramid. We're going to talk to you about tyres because we we know Lewis Hamilton's famous phrase, 
these ties are gone, Bono. These ties are dead. Or as he said today, these ties are shot, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, people immediately think, oh, he's lying. He must be lying because, look, in a few laps time, he's going to set the fastest lap. However, it's a little bit more complex than that. It's not as simple as Lewis is lying. When he says his tyres are dead, they probably are at that moment in time. The tyres actually go through peaks and troughs of performance. You know, when they're first chucked on and these clean, beautiful, slick tyres that you want to actually physically eat, um, they're, <laughs> they're obviously peaking here. They're at peak performance. But then when they start to wear and they start graining, they're going down in a trough. But the thing is, when you get rid of this top layer that's been wearing down, if you get rid of all of it through that level of graining, then you're back in another peak. These tyres are going well. They're performing for you. So what's happening with these peaks and troughs is Lewis is peaking. Then he's coming through a trough when he's going, these tyres are dead, Bono. And then he's coming back up again and setting the fastest lap. It really is not as simple as Lewis is lying just, you know, you know, do little mind games on the Red Bull strap team like he's not doing this for any other reason than feedback to the team yeah and you know liberty media are broadcasting this to give us that excitement in the race we love hearing that lewis's tires are dead because we're thinking oh my god like is this rebel shot like are we going to have a mclaren on the podium so this is why they do that but the tires become unbalanced when they grain but as they continue to go they balance themselves out again they go through these peaks and troughs as i keep saying so Lewis isn't lying. I'm trying to tell you Lewis is not a liar. He is telling the truth. His tyres are dead. His tyres are shot at these stages. Peaks and troughs. Yeah. There we go. You okay? Sorry, guys. <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to experience and trusting that the tyres are going to come back to you because mm-hmm. if a driver starts panicking and being like, well, the, these tyres are already done, like, how does this play into our strategy? Am I going to have to spend a lot longer on tyres that are already gone? Or, you know, am I going to be able to just trust that they're, they're going to come back to you as well? Um, mm-hmm. um, one of my favourite examples of this was um, that, does everyone remember the slick to immediate tyre? Slick to immediate. Last year. Yeah. That was just hilarious to me. Um, you know, starting on, was it the intermediates? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, using them through the race and wearing them down that they almost became slick tires so um, cool I think. like the treads and stuff yeah I thought that was obviously not something that strategy would have deliberately decided to do but like the fact that that happened and that Lewis kind of recognized that oh these are feeling a little bit more like slick so I think I might just carry on just was funny to me yeah exactly it's brilliant it's brilliant so you know whenever you hear lewis complaining on the radio about his tires just think peaks and troughs yes that's what i have to say say one thing from this podcast let it be peaks and troughs troughs. (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh lily do you want to tell us about our second drivers I feel very strongly on the second driver situation so obviously we know with mercedes you know very clearly the second driver is Valtteri Bottas you know there's no two ways about it he got pole yesterday which I'm guessing Hamilton wouldn't have been too happy about you know I'm guessing he wanted that pole position I'm guessing he wanted that hundredth tyre to make his cart you know um he plays a very good second driver though Bottas we've got to we've got to give it to him he plays it perfectly he backs people off when he needs to he sometimes crashes out or doesn't have the best race but when he's on a good day, he plays the perfect second driver. 
the same with Perez. I think Perez is going to be molded into the perfect Red Bull second driver. Mm-hmm. He had this. His start stay was a bit rocky when it was a bit like, well, you're not going to be. You know, you're not where you need to be. You were, yeah. yeah, he was in P6 at one point, and I, it was just that isn't where you need to be. You need to be up there fighting, not not fighting, but being able to do what he did. Yeah, like move into P1 and help Max. Obviously, Lewis thought he was lapping him because him. Well, Lewis thought he was lapping Perez. He didn't even realise that Perez was like blue yeah. flags, blue flags. Like, <laughs> you need to overtake him. Um, you're racing him. You're racing. Yeah, him. you're genuinely racing. I just think. At the moment, like three racing, it's quite sad that the second drivers won't get a chance because I think Lewis has put on the best strategy. I think Bottas was just sort of like, well, don't go and fight the Sapper, come in for. <sighs> I personally don't agree with second drivers. I think I'm not <laughs> controversial. I know, I know, controversial. <laughs> but I just, they both play a good driver. You know, let me just reword that in a second. <laughs> they both play a very good second driver and they both do what they paid to do, you know. Mm-hmm. I think if Hamilton would have had any other teammate for the past four, three, four years, he wouldn't have got seven world championships and got to the point he's at now purely because Bottas is, Bottas is happy there. He's playing second fiddle and, you know, doing as he's told, you know. He's happy with James. the occasional win. Yeah, he's happy just to get a pole position, just to get a podium. He, he didn't seem pissed today, did he, at all? No, he seemed all right. Mm. He got P three, you know. He it was he had everything to lose. Let's be honest. Yeah, definitely. and he he lost it all. You know, I, feel I like, just think. Go on. Yeah, he's kind of accepted that he's second driver. Have you ever seen when when Valtteri gets pole and Lewis misses out? Lewis is always like, "Well done, buddy. I'm so proud of you." And it's a bit like weird, as if he's looking over the down top. Bottas, but I think Bottas sort of expects he just takes it, it now. now. Yeah, Perez, Lewis knows he's number one. To. Mm-hmm. Perez I think will be more of a feisty second driver and won't it might take a while for him to settle into just sitting there at the moment yeah. he hasn't been there to fight let's be honest he hasn't actually you know been up there to fight for the podium which is sad but you it know he probably though, isn't it? yeah he probably could have last race but then he got a penalty and all sorts happened but he's never been there so we've never seen him have to act as a second driver and have to let Max pass whereas Bottas just lets Hamilton pass now it's like you know go on have the place take it off me just just have it now you know have everything but yeah I think the second driver situation could get spicy during the season because that could be the difference between Max getting the championship and Hamilton how the second drivers act definitely Perez was actually in a good position today because if there was Mm -hmm. some sort of safety car he would have been right in the fight yeah so I don't think we've seen yeah I like it's good that Red Bull have got that second driver now who can be there because he was in first safety cars out he gets a 10 second pit stop or whatever and then he's right there with them yeah he he did a lot better today i hate to plug but this is actually something i spoke about in my bbc radio suffolk interview (laughs) is how i personally believe that the constructors championship lies in the hands of the number two drivers because i think i think we can all expect that it's gonna the title championship is between max and lewis and then rebel and mercedes and you know max and Max and Lewis have been up there each week and the second drivers haven't been up there. But if the second drivers can be getting these points, the constructors is going to be whatever second driver is doing the best, personally. Yeah. That's, that's why no, I think I, it's going to be agree. this year. Mm-hmm. It, will, it, does, it just lies with how they don't crash into each other. They don't crash <laughs> out. They don't get yeah. penalties. <laughs> yeah, they just need to be the model driver. And then mm-hmm. 
whoever I think Mercedes have more chance because Bottas is happy being that second driver and not being and he's, he's experienced being that second driver and he's happy just he's sitting there. there and not going for anything and just well apart from last race and he just crashes but he's happy just sitting there yeah okay so you know as as we end our conversation on Valtteri Bottas I, I'm going to tell you a little bit about George Russell <laughs> <laughs> they have apologized to each other they have apologized to each other they are friends but yeah now. yeah they're friends friends loose term loosely acquaintances <laughs> acquaintances so george russell he had an amazing qualifying estate p11 guys p11 he was this close so to q3 close. so if he close was, if he was on softs he'd have been in q3 i don't get why they didn't put him on soft because that wasn't the best time to start the race and i, I kind of get it if they just started the race on the softs then maybe it'd have been yeah but at least they would have got through it couldn't have got more, <laughs> gone worse than today but you know yeah so basically, George Russell just kept dropping back, really. Um, and so he was reporting back on the radio that the car just wouldn't handle when in turbulent air, in dirty hair. Dirty hair? Dirty hair? That's a new one. <laughs> dirty air. Um, so we're going to pass over to our lovely tech expert, Jacob, who we love dearly. And he is going to explain to you why cars don't handle very well when in turbulent and dirty air. Firstly, I think it's important we understand what dirty air is. Dirty air is the air an F1 car produces as it's travelling through the air. Essentially, the car pushes the air away from itself and disrupts it. For example, if we imagine normal air as being completely still and motionless, then an F1 car racing through at, say, 300 km an hour, that's going to disrupt the smooth, nice airflow. If you've ever stood on the back of a boat and you've looked out, you'll see that the boat pushes away water and it almost creates waves behind the boat. And you can kind of use that to imagine what dirty air is. And if you're traveling behind in the boat, those waves are going to disrupt and mean it's harder to control for you, basically. So now, how does this relate to an F1 car? So when cars are designed in the wind tunnel, they're designed with the idea that all the airflow is smooth and laminar and basically really even. But when you've got all this disrupted air that's all over the place, you're going to lose downforce because the car's not designed in that way and it's really hard to predict how the dirty air is going to be produced by a car in front. This essentially means you're going to have less downforce, which means in the corners you're going to have a lot less grip. The car's also going to slide around a lot more and that's going to mean the tyres overheat and the degradation is faster as well as losing time to the car in front. If the aerodynamic balance is off, it's a lot harder to control the car and the downforce levels in the car will shift a lot from lap to lap and it's almost a case of just staying on the track keeping your head down and bringing the car home in one piece george russell stated the car was its hardest to drive since 2019 in post race interviews and he was also racing the 2020 specification front wing due to not having enough spares after his crash in Imola. before the race weekend george russell said the minimum he wanted was points this week to make up for Imola last weekend unfortunately the wind and the weather was not in his favor that is what dirty air is and why it's affected George Russell at Portimao last weekend. Fingers crossed there'll be many more occasions where George will have a chance of points. Thanks for that, Jacob. Thanks for that, Amazing. Jacob. Back to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I missed out okay. number four. Okay. I wrote one, two, three, five, six. That's really you annoying. You look very confused then. I am very confused. So, Meris, will you tell us all about a certain Max Verstappen and 
Mm-hmm. There's track limits. Oh, track limits seem to come up every single race now. I never remember them being such a big factor, but they have been. Mm-hmm. So Saturday, Max's lap in Q3, he would have been on pole. Let's, Lily needs a moment. I'm just going to zone out of this conversation. <laughs> closure so is, closure like, is. He set like an 18-2 or something. Um, but to, the thing is, in that pole lap, if he hadn't gone wide, he would have spun. And you know what Perez did into the gravel. Yeah. So realistically, he had to do that. He didn't really have a choice. But it's kind of like his second lap wasn't as great, but everyone in quali seemed to do a worse second lap. But he literally would have been a tenth clear of the Mercedes if those track limits hadn't have happened. But they're there for a reason, obviously. And that's why he didn't get pole. Yeah. And then right at the end of the race, set the fastest lap. And then it was stripped away from him. And they told him in the, the interview. Way did the that. Thing, the way I know. Was that. Was and then Max just looked at Paul like, what have you just he said to me? He looks so mad. I think he Paul really angry. wanted to do that, though. Like, I think Paul was like, really satisfied by doing Paul's, that. Paul's like that. I'm not a big fan of Paul the rest of I think we know. But he was just like, you know, the Mercedes, as he says it. Mercedes. beat you. Mercedes. They have beaten you <laughs> with the one lap. And he was like, who? Okay. Like, Why would you do like, that? Yeah, track limits. I know. Like... Although just Max really... just pretended he didn't know. He was like, what? I thought I thought it was fine. Turn- was really I got second-hand embarrassment from that. Like, I was mm. just like, oh, I feel embarrassed I was like, him. just let it go, Max. It's fine. Yep. Oh, Paul's oh, just brutal. Didn't need to happen, did it, Paul? There's still some kind of confusion with track limits. I think Max mm-hmm. was saying that he didn't think they were policing turn 14 or wherever but it was. He went it off was in the driver's mm. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was turn four the last corner and then like turn eight or something that's what i thought i it's think quite it a few, was at 14 as well because so. you know the little safety car graphic that shows it with the red lines i, don't, I didn't watch all the friday it's basically was... don't drive where the safety car drives yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people here's what not to do in a but grand prix like very pissed at max like i don't know if you've seen a lot of people like he's so entitled saying that and i thought he, he's just finished a two-hour race. He's just lost he's the point he remember, he he? He's not going to go, oh, yeah, you know what, that thing I read on Thursday. <laughs> he's a racing um, driver. Just out all the figures. Yeah, just get it out of mm. my race suit. Like, he, he's not going to have that on him. It's, it's but a rule's a rule, and Bottas is well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not bitter at all. <laughs> no, 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 never. I'm not, not losing. There's 20 more races. 20 more races to mm. get that title. So if you're not already aware, Aston Martin and Red Bull bought some new upgrades. Devon is going to tell us all about it. (laughs) Yeah, so from what I understand, on the Aston Martin side, Lance Stroll's car had some of the upgrades. Uh, Sebastian Vettel didn't. Um, And then obviously we had a very, very windy quali. um, And I think it hindered um, Stroll quite a bit. Uh, Obviously, there's a big gap between him and Sebastian Vettel, who did make it into, into Q3, so well done, uh, well done Vettel. Um, but yeah, and then obviously Red Bull, it's really difficult to to judge on whether the upgrades actually made a difference or helped, hindered in those conditions, because, you know, we don't know whether the wind was a bigger factor in it than um, than the upgrades. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see in the next race and hopefully some calmer conditions, whether there's the 
a bigger difference with or without the without the upgrades. Definitely upgrades. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You're I'm going right for <laughs> I'm so sorry that I, I always my, do this. I put myself off. I did a big drink and did the loudest gulp. <laughs> and then Sid look just looked over at me. And I was like, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes, the upgrades. It, yes, it's really yes. interesting because, like, is it the upgrades or is it the conditions? Like, or the driver? Yeah. It's really hard to tell. Oh, like, what another, you need is. Factor. What you need is like the car on the track with the upgrades and then without the upgrades and compare it because you can't compare it across tracks and conditions. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I guess are these upgrades, upgrades Aston. or downgrades? Yeah, I exactly. Aston were downgrades, personally. Mm-hmm. How far Stroll was off Vettel. And obviously Vettel, Vettel mm-hmm. isn't connected with that car at the moment. Like he really isn't. We all know he like... The, the, the poor the poor sod isn't connected with the car you know four-time world champion you, you can't drive it but he got into q3 he smashed you know it. he he got into q3 it's a strange one i don't think no, there's really a lot is. of data that the team the team can actually bring back to judge these upgrades on i just with the conditions it just makes it so much harder for them so I guess it just whether they continue that into the next race. I don't know whether they put the upgrades on Vettel's car as well or change it around. I don't know. They just have to to just go again and see hopefully some some better conditions to to see it more clearly. Well, we know Barcelona is a great track for testing stuff, so you know it seems like a good time to bring in some new features. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, it's that time where we tell you our hits and miss drivers. Devon, do you want to start this one for us? Okay. So my hit is Perez. And I know what some of you are thinking. He didn't really seem to do a lot in the race. But I think that the way I see it, that's one of the reasons why he's my hit is because he just had quite a consistent weekend or a solid weekend, I thought. Um, the past couple of races he's you know he did really well in quality and then it all fell to bits in in the race Um, and I feel like he needed a solid weekend to build up his confidence again and just he seems a lot more settled in the car now Um, he did an incredible first stint and bless him and I just kept like hearing on the radio or seeing um, seeing on the tv that they're extending or you know, target plus 10 laps and all this. So he really had to to look after those, those tyres. Um, and then I just think, you know, out in front, he just seemed pretty cool, calm and collected. I don't know. I think he did just a, a solid weekend for, for Perez. Um, and then my myth um, is, I'm quite sad to say this really, but it's Russell. Um, and I know it's largely not his fault, just with the car doesn't help, but yeah, he just dropped right down. He had a good opportunity to be on the... Well, he was on the verge of points right at the beginning and then just never capitalised from it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And George difficult. is all about capitalising. He talks. He says that word so many times. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so many times. I love it from him, though. I love it from him. Yeah. So my hit is Daniel Ricciardo, not just because I am a bit of a fan. 
if you're an audio listener, I'm currently wearing a Daniel Ricardo jumper. Um, but he he had a stellar performance in the race, and I just think I just think to come back from a really low Saturday is very impressive. Like to come back and kind of put that to the back of your mind and not let that get you down shows the strong mentality he has. And so yeah, I just thought he had a brilliant performance in the race. So my miss was going to be George Russell, but I was thinking about it as we were talking this through and he did do really well in quali. And and I do feel really bad saying George Russell because, you know, he deserves the best. So I'm changing my miss to Nicholas Latifi. You know, the other yeah. Williams, performance wasn't there. Just wasn't there. Like, where was he? You know, we had a little was bit it, of a battle with there? Mick Schumacher. He had a bit of a battle with Mick mm. Schumacher. Um, yeah. That's all I know about the race for, for his did, race. Did he, did he even show up? You know, was he at the track? Where was he? I don't, oh, yeah, I don't know either. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Nicholas, but you are my miss for this week. Maris, hit or miss? Okay, so my hit is Esteban Ocon. I feel like they didn't talk about him that much in the race, but his qualifying has actually been really good recently. He's out-qualified Alonso, not only this race, but last race as well. And none of Alonso's teammates had done that when he was previously in F1 for ages. So I think that's really impressive from him to do that and get to grips with the Alpine car. I know he's been there for a year already, but I think that's quite impressive to out-qualify Alonso. He finished ahead of him, um, P7, I think. Um, I think that was a solid race for him, getting the points in for the team. And it was all on merit. They had a good car this weekend and he capitalised on it. Um, <laughs> Taking a leaf out of Russell's book. Um, so, yeah, I think he had just had a great weekend. Hopefully they can carry that forward. Uh, my miss is Kimmy because you can't be nearly crashing into your teammate and taking both of you out on the first lap. Yeah, mm-hmm. because especially when you're that experienced, you can't be wasting a whole weekend when you possibly could have got points if something happened. And I just think it's such a rookie mistake that he shouldn't have done. Oh, I great. think you're right there. Mm-hmm. And Lily, hit or miss? So my hit is Alonso. I think you know we've we've got to have both Alpines in in the hit and miss. He just you know. Again, I know he's very experienced, so he has got that. But he has taken a year out. You know, he has had a year away from the car. The car will change a lot. It's a different team. And his overtakes just, just just proved everything. I can't say anything more. He drove amazingly. He really shocked me. Like I said, as someone who isn't a fan of him and isn't doesn't think he should be in the sport, he proved me wrong today. He really did. And then my miss, it breaks me to say, but it is Sebastian Vettel. So he's qualifying. Amazing. In, I mean, you got... Brilliant. He like I said about Bottas, he had everything he had everything to lose and he lost that. Like he had points, he was in the points and he lost it. And I just think it wasn't it wasn't a failure, it wasn't anything like that. It just he didn't do well. Neither of the Aston Martins did. So it wasn't like it was just him. Neither of them did well. I think Lance was 13th and Vettel was 14th. It was something like that. Neither of them drove amazingly, but Vettel, who drove that well in qualifying really should have kept the place and yeah he is my miss which pains me to say but yeah my miss so to end this video i want us to all sum up the race in one word i'm gonna start and i'm gonna go with (laughs) i just want you to say the word i don't want an explanation i just want the word i'm gonna go adequate lily come on boring (laughs) maris Oh, I feel like under so much pressure. I don't know. Say um, a word. <laughs> oh, I can't say a word. Can we skip to Devon? Can I have like five more seconds? Devon. 
Uneventful. Meris. <laughs> I don't know. Meris! So Come, okay. Come on, Meris. Um, um meh. Can I can I go with yeah. meh? Yeah. So we one. have a good adequate, boring, uneventful, and meh. I think that sums up the Portuguese <laughs> Grand Prix this year. That sounds That's like all. a really bad book series, not think. Yeah. Like a really yeah. bad series of books. Won't be reading this one. No. <laughs> it's funny no. actually, because I rewatched the last year's Portugal race and I didn't think it was very eventful either. So maybe Portugal isn't all cra- all it's cracked up to be. I think you should I've stop with this negativity. From, <laughs> sorry. Apart from Lewis, like it looks you know, cool. Breaking the record and everything, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. Maybe not for me. So that is our Portuguese race review. We hope you enjoyed what we had to say and we hope we made it sound a little bit more interesting than it actually was. We did. <laughs> we, we, hope, think we, managed. we tried. We, tried I think we managed. Yes, we tried. There wasn't there was a lot to work with. This is our first race where we've had to cover something pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, thank you all for watching and or listening. Wait, and or obviously you listen to it if you watched it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's all the excitement you. from the race. It's, got it's all much. the excitement. Yeah. <laughs> it's way too much. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it and we will see you very, very soon with another podcast episode. Make sure you follow at Sector One Podcast on all our yes. social media. Because our social media manager is the best. The best. The mm-hmm. best. Love you, Abby. We love you, Abby. Love you, Abby. <laughs> <laughs>